0: I'll start off by saying, I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. Have you noticed that things are a little weird? You know, a lot of people sort of like look to this time of year as like, okay, like fall is happening, football is happening, but like, I'll be honest. My head, it's not, like, the season starts this weekend, and my head's like, I, it's not fully there I, yet. I didn't even know it was at FedEx Field until today. It's just, you it's
1: just, it's all background noise. It really is. Because there's so much other shit going on, you're like...
0: Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, there is a rhythm to the summer that I think yeah. we are accustomed to, um, especially as it relates to football that just like totally out the window i mean we didn't we didn't get anything that we're accustomed no. to but um i think we will use this opportunity to try to ground ourselves get ourselves in the right headspace and uh talk a little washington football team how does that sound to you
1: that sounds great uh i'm looking forward to <laughs> let's talk about washington football club a little, football little club.
0: Washington football club. Football I know team. it's team. I just we'll, like club we'll talk, better. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, I think. Uh, this is uh, our very first... I, I don't know necessarily what this is at this point. Uh, this is Brian from Hogshaven. You are listening to pod- came, podcast name TBD. TBD. Uh, Let's go TBD. with TBD. TBD the, the It's like the Washington football team of podcast names placeholder podcast name uh, I think here's our goal by the end of this today we will today we okay. will have a name of what this is
1: well I'm drinking enough bourbon to figure this out
0: that's that's the way to go you are a bourbon man we should introduce ourselves so uh, anyone who's Familiar, this is like a, the most arrogant thing I've ever said. Anyone who's familiar with <laughs> this podcast channel and with Hogshaven will know this is Ryan from Hogshaven. Hello, hi, welcome. Sorry, I haven't been writing very much and I haven't been putting up nearly as many stories. As I've said, it is uh, a challenge these days. I don't really know what's going on. It's
1: it's crazy out there, and uh, it's it was, I can imagine, until knowing the season's coming up in a couple of days, it's been hard to write anything. Honestly.
0: Yeah, somehow we, we do have some very talented and more prolific uh, writers than I have uh, been really leaning on Bill and Bank, Bill, Bill from Bangkok, Bill and Bangkok, Bill from Bangkok. He's fantastic. Mark Tyler, the rest of the gang. You know them. You like reading their stuff. I do, too. Um, well, no one here, presumably, knows who you are, though. So um, No one has a clue. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's let the people in. Let's let the people in. Who are you?
1: Well, how do I say this? Um, I'll use the old Eddie Murphy line. I'm Gumby, damn it. I've been called Gumby since uh, fifth grade, and that's what I'm going with on this this podcast. So as we do the TBD podcast, we're figuring everything out. Uh, I have been a Washington football club team fan for 43 years. I remember 43 years. 43 years the moment I was born. I was a fan. I can remember one of my first earliest memories was the 83 Super Bowl mm. I was you know nine-ish during the 87 one and that was marvelous with Doug Williams throwing it around and it was amazing and then it had the 92 I was in high school getting ready to graduate in a couple of years and and we were on top of the world
0: We have had very different uh, experiences with this this club um, yeah this team uh we collectively how, how do these two jokers know each other we've known each other for <laughs> a very long time um, uh, well over 20 years well over 20 years so yeah. almost half as long as you've been a fan of this team um <laughs> Yeah, uh we, we we go back a, a long ways I think over the course of uh, of what I hope is a successful project I've been referring to this as a project another very arrogant thing to say uh, we can sort of dive a little bit into our uh, our shared histories in addition to our Washington football team histories um, but I will say you know we we have some folks on the site uh, obviously our our fearless leader and Kemarangolo, Arangolo, who I think has some um, uh, shared perspectives with you. I mean, has has seen the team good. Clearly, has seen the team bad.
1: It, it was at that time in the '80s, early '90s. We weren't good. We were great. Yeah. Um, we were to the point where you know when people hear the word the San Francisco Forty ers and that lore that was there, the Washington team was. On par with that same scenario, if not, I think we may even had a higher winning percentage through the '80s and early '90s. Yeah, and then this roller coaster began in '99.
0: Yeah, well, boy, are we are we on it? Um, I'd I'd like to get off. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh. Let's let's stop the roller
1: coaster. And you know, uh, again, in the history that that we've been through, what it's been. We every year we come in as you said the the, we sit through this schedule in the summer Mm -hmm. and it starts in April with the draft and we hear how good we're gonna be how great this team's gonna be how all the changes have happened
0: off season champs
1: oh I mean we need a trophy for that Uh, off season champs the last ten years running now we I think we went five hundred once in the last ten years.
0: Maybe I think once. that's right. Well, they had the RG3 year.
1: RG3 year 2012. I was at the yeah. uh, the Thanksgiving Day at Dallas for that one, so we can get yeah, and much we watched later. we
0: watched them clinch the the playoffs in the last week of the regular season together.
1: Absolutely, we did, we did. and that yeah. was again mind blowing. But we have this aura where every year we're so positive, we're so mm-hmm. let's go gung ho, and we're so great. Um, but I've seen greatness, and I'm jaded i'm mm. jaded at this at this time in my life with, with the washington football club but that's not a bad thing yeah because i can easily be lured back in
0: <laughs> it it is um it, it, there definitely is some of that like optimism that like you feel the thing is right now they are undefeated Cur- They they have yeah. not done anything on the football field
1: to yeah. disappoint
0: you now have they done plenty to disappoint us this off season? Uh yeah, they have. It Ooh, has been maybe no.
1: all of the stuff that happened were in previous off seasons. It's still not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> you are
0: really putting lipstick on a pig right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's on their thick. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's rough. Uh so it, all all that is to say, I think I don't have necessarily a sense of the demographics of our uh, our audience in Hogshaven, but I do think that there is um, a, at least the majority of folks that I seem to interact with have not seen this team good, no. like haven't seen it even respectable for two consecutive years. Yeah. Uh, they haven't made the playoffs for two consecutive years probably since since the 80s. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I think head, maybe uh, early 90s. I
1: mean, we're talking um, about...
0: I, I can't be bothered what, to look, but... 25, um,
1: 20, 25 years that that has happened. It's been I mean, th- again, this is one of those things where um, we have... we're Every day, we're, we're fans of this team. We're fans of the Washington Football Club all yeah. year long. Um, my generation sat through all of the greatness, and we still feel that greatness... And we still go to the games, and we sit at FedEx Field, which is probably one of the worst fields in the NFL by far. Yeah, And we we sit in traffic for hours, and we watch a team lose dramatically bad, and we eat $5, $5 hot dogs. Actually, well, I think they're up to $7 now. $7 hot dogs and $13 beers. And at the very end—
0: $60 parking.
1: $60 parking, and we can't even take the Metro.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're sad. We're sad about this. But every year in the end of December, when the season ends, it's like we have amnesia. And by the end of January, we see the Patriots win another Super Bowl, and we go, ah, we're better than them.
0: Yeah. And it, we're back if, in it. It feels as though a, some of that has worn off a little bit in recent yeah. years, but it's hard to say that it's gone away completely. I, I haven't seen it go away completely. And I have, you know, I. I for better, or for worse, I, I read yeah. the comments on the site from time to time, um, <laughs> and
1: they're going to destroy us. Don't you worry?
0: Yeah, it's okay. I, I won't read ours, but um, <laughs> I think you know there this year sort of seems to be a fifty-fifty split between this could be a catastrophe, and hey, we might surprise some people, and it's those we might surprise some people where it's like. You know what? I, I I'll have what you're having. Uh, it's it's uh it's a lot. Uh, I'm look, as I said, we're we're undefeated right now, so uh, I'm here I, for. It.
1: I I am not on the we're gonna surprise people. I'm not I'm not I'm not prepared for that. I don't think we are. I'm completely on the other end where I think this is going to be. a maybe five win season
0: well hold on. let's maybe. let's uh let's well, okay sorry let's, so I'm do, let's ahead. do that at the very end let's do that yeah. at the end here so why don't we let's do like Slip a anger. quick quick backtrack on um it's it's hard to talk about this off season without talking about non-football related things which is Correct. not i mean it's emblematic of the dan snyder era um I don't even know how to really get into it, but I suppose sort of this off-season started off, there was a lot of excitement, um, particularly around the draft. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about Chase Young, and then, you know, just like bombshell Washington Post report, follow-up bombshell Washington Post report. um, You know, Dan Snyder, who had his, you'll rip the name from my cold dead hands moment, what, five, six, seven years ago, yeah. finally... um, acquiesced a little bit to the pressure and
1: well money was leaving the door yeah yeah and and Um, we all know that he cares more about money than anything else
0: it certainly does seem that way it certainly does seem that way uh there have been times where i have almost given dance Snyder the benefit of the doubt because it does seem like he wants to win but just does not know how and is incapable of not tripping over his own feet and making decisions that are self-inflicted wounds, um, and surrounding himself with the wrong people. He just, he just doesn't know how. And I think, frankly, the rest of the league is willing to give him the rope to hang himself because this is a. I mean, it's a franchise that. You know, we talk about it, long storied history, three Super Bowls, lots of success. And as long as they're still generating revenue for the league, then it's fine. It's one fewer team they have to worry about because it's so it's been so historically poorly managed for the last 23, you know, 20 years um, under Snyder's tutelage. But I don't know. I it's still I still think we are in uh, the eye of the hurricane in terms of pressure on Dan. Uh, I Things have quieted down a little bit following those Washington Post reports, following the the name change, um, which I, I honestly I didn't think it was going to happen until it did. Until like the until I saw the press release, I didn't oh, ever think it neither. was me
1: I, I neither. I again I uh, I heard that and I went well. I saw first the FedEx got pulled, or, and yep. then Nike pulled it,
0: yep.
1: uh, and then everyone else just all in the same moment, it was all gone. And there was no other choice for Dan but to say I'm walking away. Um, Am I disappointed there wasn't a name announced before the beginning of the season? I am disappointed. Does it make Hmm. sense to wait? Absolutely. But, I mean, I would love to have been able to say rah, 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 let's go team and just get rid of that team name. However, with as you said, with all the Washington Post things that came out, all the things that just came out recently, even worse with the Washington Post, I think the second article. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have the name change, and then you have all the minority leaders uh, leadership trying to change, all that stuff going away. It's almost better not to have a name this year.
0: Yeah, it would have been it would have been like trying to write the paper the night before it's due. I and I don't I, I've said this before, I don't trust Dan to no. make those decisions or enable the right people to make those decisions in such a short time frame. And frankly, I'm willing to sort of sit through this season, and I have a feeling Washington football team is going to grow on a lot of people. Um, I would not be shocked if it stays. And I would honestly be okay with it. I know that's kind of a minority opinion, but I'm willing to wait and see. Um, I, wanted,
1: I wanted football club because I wanted the yeah, old school feel. That was sure. my only thing. But if we're going to do that, if we're going to keep these that name as it is, I love the idea of hopefully, and this is a fan talking to a fan in this situation, hopefully by this time next year, we have a different owner. And then we have a new whole thing coming in. You'll still have Rivera. You'll have Del Rio, all those great coaches, a team that has another year under its belt of growing, but we'll have somebody who we won't think like he did with uh, Shanahan and Gibbs and he did with, gruden where he walks and says you have complete control and then takes it all away
0: yeah well i don't know if you saw his last his his statement after the second post piece he was basically saying i have lost there's a lack of institutional control by me i've been too hands off like i need to be more involved and i was like you took the wrong lesson from all of this all of the lesson is you need to go get out of here well,
1: there is an underlying thing going on where apparently the rest of the owners of the NFL are pissed at Dan Snyder, uh, where they're they're done with him. Uh, apparently, there's a, a, a bunch of money that goes in, and they kind of spread it out, and, and they try to leave a little bit in case there's stuff like COVID that co- pops up that's able to keep going, and if you haven't noticed – None of the contracts are going down in the NFL, nope. so the owners are still doing okay, but they always try to leave a little bit, like a, like, a, like a little cushion just in case. And Dan Snyder was the only owner that was consistently always taking his full share and never giving yep. back to the rest. And this has been something going on for years. Now, with that being said, that just shows you who he is. And he's not prepared to share. And they realize that if they decide to get rid of Dan Snyder, it's going to be a whole legal batter battle and that's something that may hurt this team short term but i think it'd be wonderful for this team and community long term
0: yeah and we're gonna have to see i think this is not the i i think this is not gonna be the last like the washington post is set to report something this year um i think you're right and it's just a question of there are there are cracks in the dam and what does it take for the dam to break? And I don't... But
1: who was shocked about any of this? Who was actually shocked when they heard these reports? Nothing of these reports was shocking to me. It was more like, oh, I, disappointment. Yeah. More like, you know, you know, these guys are asshats, but now they just did this and now there's proof and you're like i we all knew about the cheerleaders cuz a little bit of the cheerleaders stuff came out a couple of years ago right we knew that and we're all like up in arms about it then we're like and it came out again and how bad it was significantly worse than we all thought but no one was shocked and and it's 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 utterly disappointing that in 2020 we have to read stuff like this again
0: yeah um, and part of i i will admit there is a um I have experienced like guilt in saying this is really bad, but I don't know if it's bad enough to make a change. And that feels really crappy. That's not really how you're supposed to feel when you're yeah. talking about sports and you're talking about like a team that, you know, like w- you talk about, you were born a Redskins. Or, oh gosh. You were born a Washington football team fan. Put the money in the pot. You're the yeah, first we're, one. To we're going to have to set some ground rules <laughs> on, uh, on, on, on getting there. But, um, <laughs> One day at a time. One day at a time. And you know, the thing is, like, we're from here. Uh, it's something that we're familiar with. We grew up with it. And so, you know, no one asked to have this like terrible man be the person in charge. Like, we didn't vote for him. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. like, in a lot of ways, it sort of feels like you're saddled with someone else's baggage, um, well, and you well, just hold don't. On, there's nothing you can do.
1: Well, let me jump in on that. So so 1999, well, I think is when he bought – 98, 99 is when he bought the team. So 99 was a team that he – he the, the first Jeff George era. So I think it was 98 that he bought the team. When he bought the team, as a fan, we were excited. Sure. We were, we were absolutely out of control excited because, again, you know, uh, Jack Kent Cook, he didn't even leave his team to his own family. Right. He was like, you have to sell it. Get it out. Um, no one knows what would have happened if if they stayed in. No one cares. It's too late now. It's been 20 years. Right. Well, when Dan Snyder bought the team, we had a local guy, billionaire or multimillionaire, buy a team, and we were super excited. He's a fan. He's one of us. He's one of us with a ton of money. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. And in 1999, he bought everything. He bought everything for everybody. He bought a team that was okay. <laughs> Brought in a bunch of old guys. He had a fantasy team that just didn't live up to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and... like that the Brad Johnson, Deion Sanders, you know Dana Stubblefield, all that stuff. And I, I mean, it kicked off twenty years of or twenty fifteen ish years of being super jazzed about like a guy who who again seemingly wants to win and has deep pocketbooks. Uh, and but just like any goodwill that he's ever had has completely gone out the window. Oh, yeah. And I, I do maintain that if he had handled the name thing even just m- m- slightly differently, if he had said, if he had come out and instead of sort of doing this thing, temper tantrum, kicking and streaming and come out and said, you know what? I said this thing one time where I, I said, they'll never I'll never change the team name. I recognize that I, times are different, I have listened and I have learned, and I've heard from people who have said, explained to me things that I didn't know before, I've listened, and in light of that, it is a challenge for me, but I'm going to try to sort of take steps in the right direction. I, again, I think I would have been enough of a sucker where I would have given him the, the benefit of the doubt. He,
1: he would have said, I've grown. I've grown as a person, and I now see the the." the... The difference and the light, and I can now change. And I'm going to change with this team, and we're going to be better. Yeah. Everyone get back on the Tony Kornheiser bandwagon from the 90s. Let's do
0: it. Yeah. That would no, have happened. He, he, didn't, he didn't do it that way. This is – I I, I, rec- I recognize that this is sort of not the direction that we thought this conversation was going to go.
1: But no, no. Well, hey, it we're, has, we're just going off of it. It's something that has to be talked about. Out
0: it It is. Uh, this, I mean, the off season is coming to an end. Um, and one of the things that is a off season hallmark at Hogshaven that we were deprived of as part of the elimination of the preseason this year, is um, an award that we give out that I think actually for us, you and I, we have oh, yeah. a, a personal affinity and connection to. In a way that I, I honestly think there are probably fewer people on the... There, there there can't be anyone on the planet who has a stronger connection to us than us. And I, that's I agree. The, that's the Mason Brennan Award. Yeah. Um, for those unfamiliar, the Mason Brennan Award is a, a long-standing tradition at Hogshaven wherein um, each off-season, each preseason, there is always, always a guy that on this team goes off, and people lose their damn minds and fall in love with him, and are like, "He's the next. He's the next great thing. He's going to be the guy." And he's so, going to be the guy that
1: shows. He's going to be the guy that shows up out of nowhere and takes over the world.
0: And um, one year it was Marcus Mason, yep. and another year it was our 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 favorite player. Our favorite player, Cole Brennan. We had jerseys. Um, we 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 got jerseys. And as I'm saying this, I'm now I have <laughs> t- TBD podcast name has has been um, wiped out because we what we, do what we what uh, do we characterize ourselves as? What was our, our group name there? after oh. we bought the jerseys? It
1: was it? Uh, Colt Colt Brennan. I can't remember. I can't remember.
0: We were the Colts of Colt. Oh, that's right. The cult of cult. The cult of cult. And I think that's what this is. You are listening like to it. the very first edition of the cult of cult. The cult of cult. So this year, given that we were deprived of the Mason Brennan, I think we could do a little bit of um, coulda, shoulda, woulda Mason Brennan talk. So the rules are that it has to be a player who was drafted or signed by the team as either an undrafted free agent or. We'll say after the fifth round, I actually don't remember okay. what, we, uh, what we said. I'll be honest, there was, uh, it was always a little bit um, a little bit fuzzy what the, we, we, you know, we, we changed it around a little bit. And then the other thing is it had to be a player who was either on the team. The only way that they were on the, te- on the team for multiple years is if they had been on the practice squad, inactive, or, okay. very limited time and productivity
1: somebody we all didn't think was going to make it
0: yeah so yeah. usually the people who who you know like are voters uh they get all into it because they saw a guy go off like colt brennan did in the hall of fame game oh and yeah then we went and saw him and he also went off in that very next game we, <laughs> we ended up going out and buying colt jerseys. we'll include that in this uh in the article so you, you need to if you're not so, so before okay, people
1: before people start getting all up in arms, is like why would you spend that much money on a Cole Brennan jersey? I want to understand is that we could get a preseason ticket and a Brennan jersey. I think it was twenty dollars. Yeah, person it was like on, it was on those clair- items.
0: It was on clearance.
1: Oh yeah, and so we bought out all the Cole Brennan jerseys and all these tickets. So it was again, it was twenty dollars a person for both right. of those items.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, um, I
1: kept it for years.
0: So <laughs> I still have it. I like still. It's like the only. It's the only Washington football team jersey that I wear. Um, let's, Good. Let's look at some of these. Um, the past winners. Last year's winner actually ended up being um, fairly legit. Legit. It was. It was Jimmy Moreland. the oh, people's yeah. the people's nice. corner. Uh, he, Absolutely. But like other guys who we talked about were like Casanova McKenzie. Remember him? Oh, that was from last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, Josh Harvey Clemens was a nominee. Jeremy Reeves. He didn't make the team. Uh, Kelvin Harmon. He's like a. Cl- Kelvin Harmon is a classic Mason Absolutely. guy. Um, actually, Bill in Bangkok wrote a piece two years ago, three years ago, where he went back and looked at all of the past Mason Brennan nominees and winners, and like this like, is where are they uh, now? He did do a where are they now. <laughs> this is. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna start saying some names, um, just because they're like fun names. This is like a good like. Oh shit! I remember him. Um, do you remember Sky Dawson? Oh yeah, Sky Dawson.
1: Is, can, can I guess where they are now? Can I just make a quick guess?
0: Well, so this is as of 2017. You can guess. Go ahead. Okay,
1: yes. used cars.
0: He well, he went to the CFL.
1: Oh wow!
0: Okay, and then who knows? Um,
1: I go used see. cars.
0: Ch- uh, Chase Minifield was uh, was a Mason oh. Brennan. Um, Aldrick Robinson, who actually ended up being like a pretty productive, a, pr- a pretty productive pro. Where'd yeah, he go? had a
1: decent. He did decent, like whole, like NFL. I had him on a break. fantasy team. Yeah, um, he did fine.
0: Let's see who else. Uh, you know who was a, a Mason Brennan guy? Who he's probably the most successful Mason Brennan nominee of all time was Chris Thompson.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, he was, how long we had Chris Thompson? Well, he's a Jet now, right? No, he Is went he a to a,
0: he followed Jay's down in Jacksonville. He's probably gonna. Oh, start. okay. Oh like yeah, a, Well, I mean, that... he was
1: so—he was a great third-down back, and he's such a little scat back. He's great, but again, here's a guy who was—you know—we no one's sure if he's going to make the team, and he stayed around forever. And he just this is gotta he love was, that guy. He
0: was the 2013 Mason Brandon Mason Brandon winner. Um, here's a name that I honestly don't remember—is <laughs> uh, Jawan Jameson? He ended up going mm-hmm. and playing for Champions Indoor Football.
1: Oh. I don't remember that either.
0: Yeah. Uh, but you,
1: you did try out for the Valor. So I did
0: try out for the Valor. And everyone needs to know I, that Brian I, I will finish writing those pieces someday. <laughs> uh, the 2013 winner was Bakari Rambo. That makes who sense. I, who I think was more... He played. Uh, I mean, he was also more notable for his name than really anything else. But he did play. Oh, he, yeah. he made the team. Um.
1: I mean, we all wanted to wear a jersey that said Rambo on the
0: back. Yeah, absolutely. And then actually, now that I'm looking at this, there was a additional rule put in place for the other 2013 winner, which was Pat White. Okay. The, there was the Pat White rule that it couldn't be a guy who, uh, well, well, I don't know. He was, un, he was un, ineligible because he was drafted too high. He was a second-round pick.
1: Oh, okay, that's way too high, yeah.
0: Um, but let's see. Keenan Robinson. I'm just going to start naming names. Keenan Robinson, Ryan Grant. Rashad Ross, who actually could probably still be. Did Rashad Ross play for uh the what was the XFL team? The defenders? I think, I think he, he did. did. I think, I he, think did. he did I think he did. Um, he didn't want to leave.
1: He didn't want he didn't want to stop playing football. He did not um, want to.
0: Twenty sixteen was the year that I wrote it. I actually leaned on you for nominees. Uh that was the nominees that year were Keith Marshall. Yep. Martrell Spate. Yep, Mar- Spate Maurice awesome. Harris. Yeah, and uh, Mac Brown. Oh, Mac. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> See, so, a, those
1: are great people to watch. In yeah, the but pre-season. Th-
0: this is—it's funny because like you, I have such—I have such strong memories of these guys. Um, Absolutely. Th- and yeah, like uh, so, Mason Renan. I think, in addition to being just a Hog's Haven thing, really is a Washington football team thing so absolutely and it's an us thing
1: like it's something that we grew up with because especially with our love for cole brennan um it was just we've dealt with the jerseys and the sitting in the preseason and loving these guys who play all of the four preseason games they do amazing then you don't know what happens to them after that but you get so excited especially if you hear their names again like you just did and we love it and we love it so much because again who doesn't love an underdog
0: yeah, these guys are consummate underdogs. By definition, they're underdogs. Um, and this year, I feel like we were deprived of that a little bit. And I think I, I read something this week that there are fewer undrafted free agents on rosters this season than there have ever been. Which makes. I think
1: half of the NFL's undrafted free agents are on our team.
0: I mean, very <laughs> <Barry> well <Mo laughs> could be. I mean, it makes sense. NFL teams are notoriously risk averse. If you okay. can't get tape on a guy you're not going to make a set of assumptions about him over a guy that, like, you. You it's the what you know as opposed to taking that risk. Now, could it be said for this team that they could stand to this year? Like, yeah, maybe. But the ability to sort of, like, build up that hype um, just was, was, wasn't there based on the inability to watch preseason. We didn't get to see a Colt Brennan go out and, like, ball out in a preseason game, there wasn't like Brandon Banks going back and like no. running th- running three touchdowns off kick returns in that one preseason or whatever it was. So it's it's hard to like get up in the same way for it. But we'll, we're gonna try.
1: Well, again, as a fan who who doesn't love to watch those four preseason games when someone's working so hard to be on the team, but you also can't judge somebody until you see them take a hit or you see right. them give a hit. Right. Um, Again, this is it's a little difficult this year, but you got to give it a shot.
0: Right. You got to have some
1: fun with this one.
0: So let's uh, let's sort of dive in. I guess I'm looking at the 53 man right now. Do you have that pulled up?
1: I I have uh, quite a bit of it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Are there any names of guys who made the team that, to you, sort of feel like Mason Brennan esque?
1: The one that was sticking out, and this is where a little bit – so he was a, a fourth-round draft pick.
0: Okay, so that's but like on the bubble.
1: It's on the bubble. I think it was a 2018 uh, fourth-round draft pick. Okay. We brought in Sean Davis to be a starter yeah. in our secondary, and he's no longer on the team, which how and why is that even possible? He was, first of all, he's a Maryland guy. We all love the Maryland guy, but how did that happen? And you look back and you look at Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy who has been kind of—he's done a couple of things, but I can see him completely balling out in preseason and then never being heard from again. Uh, Is kind of like the 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 process that he's gone through. He got injured uh, two years ago and then did okay here and there last year. But but again, like when he did play, we had a couple moments, just enough as a fan to keep you involved. Yep. Yeah. But you thought this year he was never gonna be heard from again. Sean Davis is gonna come in, he disappears, he's he's third string, he pops in every once in a while if we're ever up by more than a
0: you know, two touchdowns. But now he's a starter. Yep. He um Troy Apke, I think to me, does sort of have that spirit to him. I mean, he played fifteen games last year, but I still think he's eligible for this. I actually the one that jumped out at me is the guy who's backing him up. That's uh, Carmen Curl. that yeah. is, a, that is a real name. <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard of Carmen Curl, uh, welcome. Me neither. Uh, a he's this is his rookie season out of Arkansas. He was a seventh round pick in twenty twenty. So meets the criteria. He, uh, late round guy. You know, played at played at Arkansas. So like that's SEC. Uh, I'm not a college football guy, but um, (laughs) you know, like uh, I think the Redskins. God, that's two. uh, The Washington football team—they are kind of thin in the secondary. We're going to see some Carmen Curl this year.
1: We are, and and again, we're going to. I think we'll get a little too into where we're thin and when we're (laughs) where our deficits are shortly. But I love that one. I love I love the 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 Carmen Curl. Um, You know, he he's one of those players that. Who is this guy, yeah. which we we're going to say about about a lot of these guys on this team. But for Jack Del Rio to turn around and say, this is going to be one of my players mm-hmm. in I, I, Del Rio, I trust on the defense right now. So I would have loved to see this guy kind of go off, especially against a third team uh, wide receiver coming across the middle. I, it would have been over. I've been so happy to see that. That would have had you and I. You know, in our 400 level seats, losing our stuff for ten losing days. it. You know, yep. I would have loved it.
0: The one other one, the other name that I think feels pretty obvious to me is Isaiah Wright, who right now in the two deep is listed as the backup punt returner. He's not. He's a wide receiver, but he's not <laughs> yep. listed. Uh, I don't believe he's he's listed on the two deep at wide receiver. <laughs> So yeah. he is only there to be a backup return man. He was an undrafted free agent at a temple, um,
1: yeah, a football powerhouse.
0: Yeah, six two two twenty. I've I've been to a temple football game. I saw them play in a bowl game at RFK. Actually,
1: oh wow, <laughs>
0: yeah, they played in the. That's actually the, kind of interesting. In the whatever it is, the they played in, in Annapolis now. Whatever that bowl is.
1: Oh yeah, the, the military a, bowl. The military bowl. Yeah, yeah. I
0: saw I saw like temple. Play, Navy or something. I don't don't know. I think I was given tickets.
1: Well, and and, and, you know, as you look at our wide receiver core, you're you're almost looking at going, uh, "How many of these guys are up for the Mason Brennan Award?" Because how many have you heard of?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and another one who jumps out immediately and is gonna, I think, be my favorite player is Antonio Gandy Golden, out of out out of the Liberty university liberty. talk about talk about a bad off season, but we won't dig into there because denton is a, a liberty guy uh antonio gandy golden the my introduction to antonio gandy golden who was picked in the fourth round so again like in that it's Mason on the teeter-totter um, yeah he is able to solve rubik's cubes oh yeah, how fast a, He's pretty quick. I think he did it in under 20. I mean, I can't solve a Rubik's Cube. I mean, I never, neither can I. So I've no. never tried to learn, but he can. He can do. I think he can do it while juggling.
1: Okay, that's interesting. I, I say we get video of that. That's something we need to share to the world.
0: Yeah, I, so I'm here for Antonio Gandy-Golden, and frankly, we're probably going to see a lot of him too because you talk about the receivers. Terry McLaurin is going yep. to be the best player on this team.
1: But he's also going to get double teamed from the beginning.
0: Yeah, it's going to so, be tough.
1: And that's where, you know, we need a second receiver. We need a slot. And that's also where the running backs come in. But again, we'll get to that in just a second, a little more detail. Uh,
0: Yeah. And I mean, right now, the starting receivers are McLaurin on the outside. And on the other side is uh, Dontrell Inman, who they brought in from, I'm going to call them the San Diego Chargers until I die. Um, That's so sad. They're they're just going to be the San Diego Chargers. They have such good helmets. Um, I think, and he actually wasn't even on the Chargers last year. He was on the Colts, or he, I guess he split time between the Chargers and the Colts. Um, And, you know, he was one of those, like, he's a fantasy guy who has a good week, and then everyone goes and picks him up, and then never does another damn thing for the <laughs> you, rest never, of the
1: year. You never see him again. He's, like, on your bench's bench.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, <laughs> okay. Like, if he goes off, um, he's trade bait, but, like, no one wants no. Dontrell Inman. Um, He's in his seventh year in the league out of... Uh, University of Virginia. I don't know if we count them oh. as local. I kind of do.
1: I, I do. I do. Like, uh, the Cavaliers are local.
0: Yeah. Wahoo wah. Um
1: I mean, name another city close enough to them that that, you know, is a major city.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll take it.
1: Yeah. It's us.
0: It's us. Um, yeah. They're, he, they're going to, I think, rely on him and then uh, Stephen Sims in the slot yeah. to be legitimate... Enough threats that they can't just like double McLaurin and have a safety over the top and assume that one-on-one coverage is going to be sufficient for Sims and Inman because McLaurin is clear. McLaurin is is legit. I picked him as uh, this article hasn't come out yet, but I picked him as the offensive MVP um, for the team this year. He's he's so good, but it has been. I mean last year the the team had the youngest collective wide receiving core since the 2000 Cleveland Browns. Between now, we're, but,
1: we're getting into this now so I I'm, I'm jumping right in. We're in. Um, yeah, we're
0: in. Let's we talk about the team. Are,
1: and we're younger now. Yeah. I think we're younger this year than we were last year.
0: Across it's close. the board.
1: Yeah. Across the board. And and so as an our strong suit is going to be our defensive line. And our defensive ends. That is our. That is a solid running of the Washington football team. Yeah. That's where it is. Um, our quarterback is suspect only because it's second year. Everyone yeah. has a, a sophomore slump. I, I'm not going to say anything bad about Haskins. Sophomore slump, a lot of quarterbacks go through that. But you look at our offense as a total, almost
0: nobody has any substantial playing time. Yeah. It's. It's going to be really tough because I think this is a huge year for Dwayne Haskins, but I do not feel he has been set up to succeed. I no. don't. I don't think he has. Other, I mean, he obviously has great chemistry with Terry McLaurin, um, even you know dating back to Ohio State. We saw it last year. He was his safety blanket. It was him, and oh, it was every uh, time. Vernon and, he, Davis. And, he,
1: and McLaurin knew Haskins would just throw the ball up, and he'd go get it.
0: So, I mean, you look at the offensive line, Brandon, Brandon Sheriff is, um, he's legit. I think he, Solid. he, in in a different era, would be a hog. He would be a hog. He's a hog. Um, yes. The rest of it around him is a nightmare. The fact that Jerron Christian Sr. is starting at left tackle. First of all, Jerron Christian Sr. is a guard. He is yep. not a tackle. Protecting your what should be your franchise quarterback's blind side. I'm that scares the hell out of me. Um, it does not make me feel good that the left side of the line is West Martin and Jeron Christian. They have their work cut out for them for sure.
1: Every team knows that our right side with Sheriff and Moses is going to be our strong side when sure. it comes to our line. So they're just going to stack the left side uncontrollably and have a field day. Yeah. And unless these guys stand up and do something, which it it doesn't look good. Thank God Haskins is back there because he's still a young kid who can move. If Alex Smith, prior to his broken leg, was still back there, he doesn't move that fast, and he's getting decimated. Right. Um, and now he has a leg that barely works enough to make the fifty-three man roster, and it's a wonderful story. Yeah, it's but a if miracle. He's back there, it's a miracle. It's literally a miracle. But if someone comes off that corner again, and Alex Smith is standing back there and he's waiting, I can't say it's not going to happen again.
0: Yeah, and the, I mean it's not as though like Morgan Moses is making any All Pros either. Uh, his the best thing yeah, about yeah. him is that he has a fantastic beard. Uh, that my <laughs> my quarantine beard was actually modeled after Morgan Moses's beard. But Chase Ruij, I think, is a replacement level center. Um, yep. He benefits from having Brandon Sheriff to his right. They're going to be running a lot, I think, a lot of two tight end sets this year. And that's good because none of their tight ends are pest-catching tight ends. Jeremy Sprinkle has stone hands. Logan Thomas, like, I don't expect Logan Thomas to spread to stretch a defense. He could be matched up one-on-one against a linebacker and not be able to win those battles.
1: We also, like, we don't have any standout tight ends. There's no. none of the tight ends out there that that you look at and go, I mean, Jordan Reed, for the eight seconds that he could actually play, was amazing. He was phenomenal. And we spent more money last year on tight ends that didn't play than we did tight ends that did play. Yep, And we knew it was a massive black hole that was in need of help.
0: Yeah, and we and if, nothing. if we're talking also about potential Mason Brennan-type guys, the, the third-string tight end is Marcus Ball, who made the team. He's probably going to yeah. be a um, – I mean, it's his second year in the league out of Ohio State, so a third Ohio State guy on the offensive side. I mean, he was a UDFA from the Raiders. He got waived and then re-signed, and then he was with the Panthers. I think um, one of the things that you see with this team with – uh, sort of a regime change is they wanted to bring in guys they were comfortable with that's why Kyle Absolutely. Allen is the backup quarterback yep. uh I don't have any problem with that in terms of no just, no not
1: at all it was a good investment
0: sure and is Marcus Ball gonna like the world on fire no but can he go yeah. can he block punt can he block on the punt team and can he like run down the field on the kickoff team that's really all he's there to do and
1: and, and it's what we need right now sure. again I and what uh Riverboat Ron is done is he's put together uh, the youngest team he could. Yeah. He's giving everyone an opportunity to play and saying, here we go. Let's get rid of Adrian Peterson. He, the guy's 35 years old. Also, you know, we know he has some history in the past that wasn't great. So let's also get rid of all the, the head cases and get them out of here. Sure, Anyone with an issue is gone. Anybody with a past that we don't want to talk about is gone. They're no longer on this team. Let's get rid of all of the past, put it behind us, have a young team, Let's play and let's see what we can do with it. I yeah, like
0: it. And I think he, Ron Rivera has nothing to lose by going very young. He, I mean, it's a first year head coach. So you're not, no one expects anything of you. So if no. you, if they are bad this year, which again, we'll do our predictions at the end of the show, I think they probably will be, you can chalk it up to it's a young team. Now, Jay. Rode the, it's a young team slash they're they've all, they're all hurt all the time, so you can't accurately assess whether or not I'm a good coach or not for the entirety of his time yeah. as the coach of the team. Ron Rivera, I think, has said and done what would be considered to be the right things, and so I am I'm totally fine with that. And I think honestly, you know, he talk about like oh, he's a class act. I think his explanation for letting Adrian Peterson go was. He wants to go for the rushing record. We're not in a position where we're equipped to be able to give the touches to do it. So, you know, I don't think there was animosity there. I think people were sad. I actually think Adrian Peterson was sad. That's what you know, he, he really took a liking to this region and to this team. Um and I am I will be grateful that we got to see him suit up in Burgundy and Gold. He's an he is an all time great. Anytime he's you get a Hall chance, of Famer
1: absolutely hall of famer. And, but, what Ron's doing is he's come back and said exactly what you said. This team over the last five years has not been over 500. Yeah. This team, since I've known them has never said we're in a rebuilding phase. They've never agreed to it. No, they just keep saying, we'll find a way to win. Um, Rana said, you know, without saying it, this is a season where we're going to rebuild from within. Sure. We're giving the young guys a chance. And even if we don't get a bunch of wins, we're going to get a bunch of players. Right.
0: Well you of you this figure year. out you figure out what you have. And absolutely y- you know, we we talk about how it's a big year for Dwayne Haskins. I think the position that is most interesting to me on offense this year is the running back position. And we haven't talked about it yet, oh, but absolutely. like JD JD McKissick is set to be the opening day starter. I don't know if he will stay that way. He um just by virtue of being the number one team, the number one guy in the depth chart, uh, warranted for me uh, enough to go and pick him up in fantasy football. Um, <laughs> but I think you know between Antonio Gibson and Peyton Barber, and frankly, the guy who's last, the fourth guy in the running back depth chart right now, and Bryce Love, who I think has the, crazy the highest ceiling. He had an incredible, Absolutely. incredible college career, and has not been healthy, has not been able to suit up. But I think. By the end of the year, if I had to guess, I think he's probably going to end up being the starting running back at the end of the year.
1: Oh, absolutely. Him and Gibson are going to be the starting running backs at the end of all this. And uh, with the running back situation, we've heard for the last couple of years, and Adrian Adrian Peterson said himself, he had the best running backs he's ever been around in that room with him. Yeah. And we got rid of Adrian, and we got rid of Geis. Uh, Well, we had to
0: good we didn't even we didn't even talk about Darius Geis as part of this train wreck of oh, season yeah that I,
1: whole that,
0: that, the was the right thing. that was the right it was the right thing to do it was the right thing w- to do to let him go i mean you had to do it you had to and i respect him for it um it sucks but it was the right thing to do
1: to, to the, absolutely and to the to, to the washington football team's credit i almost said it I, you almost got some money out of me right.
0: the washington football
1: team's credit Guys goes in, sits down, talks with them, and at the end of the meeting, he's no longer on the team. Right. So whatever he said in that meeting, they went, well, we can't do this. Right. There was no questions. There wasn't like a whole bunch of like this or that. It was like uh, he's no longer with the team. Goodbye. And then slowly as fans, we find out parts of it over the next couple of days after that, and we go, there's nothing we could have done as fans or as a team to say to keep him. Yeah, it was horrible.
0: And this was like a big like culture offseason and like it's yeah. it's almost been a running joke about the culture's damn good and Bruce Allen over the last couple of <laughs> years. It's but I really do think that that was a statement move. I think in other years they would have found an excuse to try to keep him. Um, yeah, but that was just not the case this year. Now so I will say wait. we have been uh, a little doom and gloom, but and you, you you touched on this a little bit. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, I will say, I think that I think that this team has the best front four, maybe the best front four in the league.
1: I, I agree, and, and and as much as I'd like to sit here and say no and go doom and gloom again, I'm jaded. I've talked about that. I'm jaded. I look at our front four. You have Allen, Payne, Settle, and Ionysis, and you're like. This is a amazing front four. Yeah. You're not even talking about the DNs. Let's I'm not even talking about the DNs yet. Yeah. You have four solid players who not only love what they're doing, but they are constantly moving, constantly pushing, and they want more for each other and they're feeding off each other. It's not about stats. Mm-mm. It's not about it's not about just big heads. These are four if the hogs were on the defensive side of the ball they would be the new hogs right there.
0: Yeah, and with Allen and Payne, I think they are going to get a bunch of sacks this year, but I almost, I don't, and I recognize that they have gone from the 3-4 to the 4-3, so you have two defensive tackles. I think that if they didn't rack up any stats this year and sort of had like a Vince Wilfork-esque presence where they are resetting the line of scrimmage into the backfield... Yeah. and allowing the other guys to pick up tackles and sacks and interceptions and fumbles, they have done their job. And it's um, it's hard to evaluate defensive tackles based on their statistics, because if they have done their job and their job is to create chaos, they may yeah. not be the direct recipients on the statue of that chaos, but they have facilitated the rest of the guys around them to be able to to be successful, and when you look at the guys on the outside, in Montez Sweat, who I think this is going to be a big year for him because I think he was a little bit of a disappointment last year in terms of what was the expectations. He's he's too he's too talented to. He to needed sort of a be year. Held back.
1: He definitely needed a year to kind of figure it all out, rebuild, and then uh, he had a couple small injuries, but also understand the system. And yeah. last, t- t- and now also to Sweat's uh, back on this one some of the things that he was asked to do, he had never been asked to do in any defense ever. Right. He was, I think was he had more times in coverage last year than he did his, all of his time in college. Yeah, yeah. And so for him, he was doing things that he was out of his element and he was learning. And I think this that'll be taken away from them quite a bit, coming off those ends. And when you have, you know, you have sweat and you have Young coming off the ends, and one of the people that comes in to help you is Ryan Kerrigan? Yeah, the fact that he's not
0: starting. Me? I mean, he, he'll be a he'll be a Ring of Honor guy. I mean, he's he's absolutely. You know, they don't retire numbers, but he will be of this this generation. He will be considered to be probably the be- the best player to have come I, I, out of this
1: team. My weird prediction for this uh, line, uh, defensive ends here is that I think that we're actually going to trade Kerrigan halfway through the season
0: and there are not that many trades in the year but I do think that either I don't think they will finish the season with both the guys who are technically listed as the backups on the 2 deep with the team. Ryan Anderson has been yeah. a serviceable second option. Um, and people sort of love to pump up like oh, Alabama guys. They come to Washington. But Wait, we have those? When, when you when you look but- at at Ryan Anderson and Ryan Kerrigan as your backup DNs you are extremely well situated to be able to to really mess some guys up on on the line. I I, I think that there's a chance that this defense could end up being sort of like kind of mediocre all told like when you put the whole thing together absolutely i think i think chase young is going to be the defensive player of the year the rookie the defensive rookie of the year in this in the nfl i think he will be the defensive rookie of the year and that is i'm not coming at this from a homer perspective i think he is a freak of nature and he is playing with three other incredibly talented defensive linemen to start he has great players behind him i think he is going to really mess some people up and make a huge statement this year
1: so, so last year the Redskins defense gave up almost 28 points a game, like in, in an incredible amount of points. Yeah. And, and with such a bad offense that we have, we can't do that this year. I believe that honestly we're going to drop it down. We're going to probably be in that 21 range. Now that's still not great. Sure. But with the with our linebackers and our safeties and our our, our secondary, we're going to need that help.
0: Yeah. However. Yeah, they're they're really going to need the D line going to have to do a lot.
1: Absolutely, but, but last year the D-line had, was it 40, in, in the mid-40s amounts of sacks. Mm-hmm. If they were to have 10 more sacks this year, they would actually be number one in the league. Yeah, They had one of the worst defenses in the league, but one of the highest productions from sacks imaginable. So we're looking at this the solid core right in the middle, and it, a good football team is built from the core out. Mm-hmm. And we've made the changes on the out. Now we have this amazing core that, as you said, it's stacked upon stacked. And hopefully that'll allow us to grow for the next two to three years.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to say that there are weaknesses on the rest of the defense as so much as I think there are question marks. When you see that Sean Dion Hamilton is starting at outside linebacker and when you see that Kevin Pierre-Lewis is starting at outside linebacker and John Bostic is your starting middle linebacker, that's not that's not a great linebacking core. It's great to have Kendall Fuller back. Jimmy Moreland is still going to play a ton of downs. Ronald Darby comes in. Um, he's going to be asked to do a lot. You talked about Troy Apke as sort of one of your Mason Brennan guys. Landon Collins another guy who I think underperformed last year, but like has like is unquestionably a very good strong safety.
1: And again, with Landon Collins, I believe that he was misused last year. Sure, and I think the new defense will use them better. So I think overall the new defense, the four, three defense under Del Rio will have a better cohesive nature for the way this team should be built. Sure. And now we'll have this solid, but again, I, I think you're right in the word mediocre. We were Bad last year. This year will be mediocre. I know that doesn't sound amazing, but that's a step
0: up. Right. Rome wasn't built in a day.
1: Absolutely, and we have to have time. And then you add in the idea that our offense is not going to be good. No. At least in the first half of the season, as they're they're not going to be good. So the defense is going to spend more time on the field. So that's going to make them look worse than they actually are. By the amount of actual physical minutes they're on the field, and that's going to break them down at the end of each game. Yep.
0: And okay, so I let's let's just dive right in and then yeah. close it out. Uh, let's go predictions. So I kind of already tip my hand. Um, who do you have as your offensive player of the year?
1: Oh, I think uh, I, I want to say McLaurin. We yeah. all want to say that. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I did. So. But,
1: yeah, but but. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go. I'm going to go right on the outside here, and I'm going to go the very end of the season. The offensive player of the year is actually going to be Haskins. Mm. I think he's going to pull it out. I think that he he's set up for a very positive year and a year of growth, even though they usually a the sophomore slump. I think he's going to get. I think he's going to be very good this year, and he's going to have a much better touchdown to interception ratio than he's ever had. Ever had it was his rookie year last year, but he'll have a good, have a good ratio, and I think he'll be the offensive player of the year.
0: Well, and uh, we saw plenty of shirtless workout picks this off season, so we we know for for damn sure he's in good shape. Um, uh, he's in great shape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> defensive side of the ball. Who's your uh, defensive player of the year for this team?
1: I'm going to agree with you on the Chase Young. Mm-hmm. He's going to win the rookie one. He's going to win rookie of the year defensively, no problem. Whether or not he's our defensive player of the year, I don't know. But I definitely think it will be a defensive end. So it's going to be him, Sweat. I think it's going to be those guys coming off the ends with that solid core, just because they're going to put up numbers. Um, And it's going to be... I'm looking forward to it.
0: Okay, But I think it's going to be Sweat. Sweat, that would be... If if Montez Sweat has a great year, if he is their best offensive player, then I think this... I think there's a chance this defense is in the top half of the league. If he's, I I agree. If he is their best player, there's a chance that he's in the top half. They're in the top half of the league defensively. How how phenomenal would that That be? be. (laughs) Um, So I, I already put my prediction in um, this post. That if it hasn't come out yet, I don't know what we're waiting for. Uh, Let me. I'm just actually looking at the Hog's Haven page. Yeah, we have not put up what our uh, what our predictions are so I will say it first my record prediction I looked at the I it's it's an exercise that everybody does they go through and they look at the schedule and say okay what are these game what are the games that we're for sure gonna lose what are the games that we could win and what are the games that we're sure we're gonna win I will say there were very few games I was sure that they were gonna win I'm I'm I think they're going to go three and thirteen. I think they're going three and thirteen. I I just if if I I would like to be wrong. I'd like to be wrong in the right way. I don't think they will be the worst team in the league. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst team in the league. They have an incredibly tough schedule. Um, they are playing some divisions. Uh, who do they got? They've the NFC West. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's like, in my mind, I think they might, that might be the toughest division in the NFC. Um, I mean, if you have to play the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers who went to the Super Bowl last year and the Cardinals who, uh, aren't great, but I think have a lot of pieces there, that's tough. Um. I don't think the NFC East is terribly good this year. I think the Cowboys are probably, in my estimation, I think the Cowboys are probably going to win the division. The Eagles, I think, are going to be-ish. I don't think the Giants are going to be good. So I think there will probably be a dub against the Giants. The Giants. are going to be horrible. Um, they play the AFC North. So the Ravens, that's an L. <laughs> the Steelers, that's probably yep. an L. The Browns, I think the Browns, ha- it's like the same thing from last year. With like they have guys, but like who knows if they're good? They probably won't be, but who knows? And then they have the Bengals, who probably won't be good, but I don't really know. I mean, Joe Burrow, I think is going to be a legit NFL quarterback. Um, the way he makes throws, I just feel like he.
1: And the Bengals have a pretty decent offense going right now. Sure, they, they put together a pretty decent offense that is uh, that's could be high powered if Burrow is. Is half the quarterback people think they is,
0: and then you throw in they have they have a game against the Lions and a game against the Panthers. Um, that said, I just yeah I said uh, three and thirteen. I don't feel great about it, but it is what it is. So where where do Gets you Get like a
1: good draft pick? So that's that's a good
0: thing. Sure, um, sure. All right, what I'm what kind do you, of alluded. Do you feel
1: I'm feeling I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic than you are, and part of the reason is is I'm going at my five and eleven. Okay. Give us a just give us a little bit here. Okay. The reason is and and I'm relying on beating the Giants twice.
0: Okay. Sure.
1: The Giants, I think, are our worse team than us. Not by a lot, no. but they are a worse team than us. Then you walk in, and no matter what happens, in our league, we always play the Cowboys real tight at least once.
0: Uh yeah. So I'm
1: thinking we we split with the Cowboys, beat the Giants twice. Now, then we're looking at kind of some craziness. The Rams. Absolutely going to destroy us. Um, You're looking at the the Lions. We have a chance. We have a chance against the Lions of of pulling one out. So now that's my four. The Steelers are especially I think it's at Steelers.
0: It is on the road. Yeah, it's at. at.
1: Yeah. If there's any fans or any if you just walk into the Steelers stadium, it's such a good place. There's no way they're going to win there. The The 49ers have Trent Williams and Shanahan, and they want to beat the crap out of us. And yeah. that's what's going to happen that day. Yeah. So no one make any predictions, and if there's a spread, definitely bet with it because yeah. you're. It's just not going to go well. But then you're right. Then we have the Panthers, and I think having the Panthers as a part of that leaves us that kind of that that five. It puts us into that five range where we're going to grab a, one, maybe another one someplace else, maybe pick one against the Eagles.
0: Yeah, but like, do you think like they routinely they win a game? every year that you don't expect them to, which yeah. is why it was hard for me to go three and 13, but I expect them to win very little. So I, I, I can't hate on that. I can't hate on that prediction.
1: And, and again, with your three and 13, like, uh, I can't get, I'm, I'm not doing much better here at five and 11. I almost want to go three and 13 again. So we get a better draft pick so that we're getting a lot more for our, our, our bang for a buck next year. So we can take these young guys and put even more, quality young guys around us yep. and with another year of service where hopefully even if we're three and thirteen or five and eleven, we have games where we're close. Yep. I wanna see that I wanna feel that as a fan where you know we're not losing, you know, seven to thirty two or twenty eight and we're getting creamed. I wanna lose twenty one to eighteen. I wanna lose twenty eight to twenty one where
0: at least we're in the game. You wanna feel as though Watching the game is time well spent. Yeah, and last year it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. There were
1: some times last year where, and again, die hard, I could not finish the game. Sure. Yeah. We looked anemic, yeah. and with Hastings, and the year before with Johnson at quarterback, like we spent some like a guy who was literally throwing balls at like the side of a building, uh, a week beforehand and we couldn't do anything. So it's been two solid years of just dismal football play. Yeah. I would like this to just
0: progress. Yeah. And it's, no one is, no one is expecting playoffs. No one's expecting championships. I think that if you can see incremental progress here, it makes you feel better um, about being a fan of this team. If we see incremental progress in terms of culture, you feel better about this team. Um, when you're in the bottom of a hole, the only way to go is up. And it feels as though this is the year when you sort of, uh, Ron Rivera has tossed down a rope ladder and it's time to start climbing. So, agree. Well, um, I think we'll round it out there. Uh, I think we should do this again.
1: I agree. Uh, but before we do anything else, let's remind everyone
0: fire dan snyder fire dan snyder yes we'll leave it right there uh for gummy this is brian from hogshaven and you have been listening to the cult of cults